Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, September 8th, 2015. And I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Our guest this evening is Karen Stuss, who is the co-founder of Satyama, a unique place of resources for conscious living. Her experience in marketing and her desire to help people connect who are searching uh, for others of like mind led to the creation of Satyama, which offers a virtual meditation hall of guided meditations from some of the leaders in self-growth, a blog library of more than 500 articles, and an online store of nearly a 1,000 products that are unusual or out of the ordinary. Satyama University offers online courses and self-study materials, and the Satyama Writers Resources, a set of services to help mind-body-spirit writers to bring their books forward from conception into reality. Satyama Publishing has brought forward multiple award-winning titles and products from authors, including internationally known author Dr. Stephen Farmer. You can visit this unique place online at satyama.com, and that is spelled S-A-T-I-A-M-A. At the top of the show, it's the Starseed News with Anastasia, bringing topics of interest to starseeds that you're not going to hear in the mainstream media. We'd also like to thank Fiona and Vanya for hosting the switchboard this evening. And we also have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com. And special thanks go to Tammy for her dedication to the forum, as well as our big birthday wishes for you, Tammy, dear. You can download our show podcast on iTunes or, excuse me, right from our Blog Talk Radio episode page, Just look for the cloud with an arrow on it. If you'd like to support our show, we'd appreciate it. So just click follow on our show page here at Blog Talk, and you'll get our weekly show notice. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session <clears throat> is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. Remote healing sessions for people and pets are also available with Tammy. If you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. So first off this evening, I'm going to introduce Anastasia with the Starseed News. Hello. Well, good evening, Ariel. Hello. How is how are you this evening? It's just great to be with you again. Another week has passed. Hello, Starseed listeners. We have some news to cover, so I'm going to get right to it. And am I on, Ariel? Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay, good. <laughs> That's great. Well, uh, there's almost no chance of flares right now. Solar activity is once again very low. Not one of the small sunspots currently dotting, dotting the sun is actively flaring, and according to spaceweather.com, there is uh, no chance of flares. The sun's X-ray output has flatlined. Well, now you know, if we were on a planet way, way out there, 
and some alien species happens to have a Hubble-type telescope, or even better, they would be able to probably tell that we have had some serious wildfires here on planet Earth. And how do I say that? Well, on September 6th, just a couple of days ago, SpaceWeather.com and the students of Earth to Sky Calculus launched a space weather balloon equipped with radiation sensors. Now, that happens to be a part of their weekly program that monitors cosmic rays in the atmosphere. But while they were up, uh, headed up to the stratosphere with this balloon, cameras on the payload looked back and observed an enormous wildfire from 109,000 feet. Now, this was a massive plume of smoke uh, coming from the rough fire. It's an 86,000-acre inferno that's raging through Kings Canyon National Park in Central California. Looking at the photograph online, it's pretty amazing. It just looks like this enormous mist of gray coming up from the planet's surface. A really big fire seen from space. And we've had a deep magnitude, deep magnitude 6.1 earthquake that was registered south of the Fiji Islands just yesterday. It was registered 6.1 by Geoscience Australia, hit south of the Fiji Islands. The agency is reporting the deep depth to be 356 miles. Now, less than 30 minutes later, 27 minutes later to be precise, they registered another strong earthquake, a 6.0, according to Geoscience Australia, but according to the USGS, it was 6.4 that was uh, about 108, excuse me, 118 miles south-southeast of Le uh, Esperance Rock in New Zealand. And that's not the only earthquake we've had in New Zealand because the same day, uh, there was a 6.0 magnitude earthquake that hit south of Kermadec Islands in New Zealand. Geoscience Australia uh, registered that one at 6.0. Um, and the USGS is reporting that as 6.4. Now, there's no people living within 62 miles of that area. They did issue a green alert for shaking-related fatalities, but they say there's a low likelihood of casualties and damages because it's just not populated. So New Zealand is rocking and rolling. Also in New Zealand, a lot going on down there this week. They have had a geyser erupt for the first time in 36 years. It's called the Papakura Geyser, and it's at Te Wakare Ware Ware Bala Valley. <laughs> I tried to say that without flubbing it up, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> well, anyway, this geyser, we'll just call it Papakura. I won't tell you where it is. <laughs> but it started shooting water up to four meters in the air. It's one of the most famous geysers in that valley, and it says that it's... Uh, they're really excited about it, which I find to be novel. Maybe they want to gather tourism, much like our Yellowstone. There was a lot of talk about how excited they were. It's been bubbling for the past 18 months, but it's been dormant since 1979. Before that, before it started to bubble, well, it's just entered a new phase of activity, and it's having constant eruptions, shooting water in the air. Everybody is so happy. Well, mm, interesting with all those earthquakes going on. I wonder if that's connected. Well, here's an interesting story out of Global Research, and I'm going to share it with you. It was a story by Joachim Hagopian, and I'm just kind of going to cover a couple things that he wrote about this. The title of this article is Nebesis and Nibiru Planet X System and Its Potential Impacts on Our Solar System. There is a scientific case. He says that the brown dwarf Nemesis is reported to be located just about 66 astronomical units from us, currently in the direction of the constellation Sagittarius. 
Now, because of periodic gravitational disturbances in areas of space further out, in specifically the Oort cloud, G G1.9, that's the dwarf, Nemesis, travels in an elliptical orbit extending possibly hundreds of astronomical units beyond the furthest known planets. Its position just beyond Pluto suggests it is near its closest approach to the Sun and to Earth. Now, he goes on to say, the dethroned ninth planet Pluto, discovered in 1930, which in 2006, as you all remember, was relegated to a minor dwarf planet uh, planet status. Uh, Pluto and Pluto's later found moon, Charon, uh, were then used to explain the observable wobbles in Uranus and Neptune's respective orbits. Now, he says that errors in calculating precise positions of known planets hold a pattern of later confirmation of cause determined by each newly discovered planet. He says, for over a century, scientists have debated that there may be more major planets and dwarf planets belonging to our solar system that are still out there in space waiting to be found and existing anomalies that have to be explained and that are unexplained. He said, way back in 1940, a Chilean astronomer named Carlos Munoz Munoz Ferrada predicted accurately that the powers that be would attempt to cover up planet X when it comes barreling towards the Earth. He said Farada referred to the uh, Nibiru, uh, or planet X, as a comet planet because it has the size of a planet but the speed and elliptical orbit of a comet. So the point of this article was that there's a lot going on out there that is not being reported and that there may be, and there are indicators that there certainly are more planets and dwarf planets in our solar system than we know about, and that one of them, Nemesis, is nearing its closest approach to the sun and to Earth. So for you planet uh, uh, X people, a little story for you. I think that's very interesting. And in Italy, in Naples to be specific, a terrifying hail of biblical-sized hailstones caused chaos in the Italian city of Naples. In the scene right out of a disaster movie, they say the hailstones were many of them as big as fists, smashed windows, injured people, and caused traffic chaos as they engulfed entire neighborhoods. The hail was accompanied by ferocious winds in excess of 75 miles per hour. And Arizona Dam, what's happening down that way? A massive piece of rock. I mean massive piece of rock, is at risk of crashing down from a canyon wall to the base of the Arizona Dam, prompting the government to send in a crew of, of rappellers, rappellers, thank you, <laughs> to keep the slab in place. Now, this is an interesting story. It's a 500,000-pound slab, weighs more than a bunch of jets, began to break away from the canyon wall last week in what the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation attributes to erosion. Now, the area below the slab includes a passageway to a boat ramp, a machine shop, and water and power facilities, water and power facilities for the Glen Canyon Dam. Uh, The Bureau of Reclamation has cut off access to the boat ramp and uh, is kind of cordoned off that area, but the article went on to say that they were having three workmen uh, in to hold that enormous piece of rock in place. Three workmen. I wish them well on that. Yeah. And uh, that falls, that could uh, interfere with some power 
for those that get their electricity generated from the Glen Canyon Dam, but we're going to assume they're going to fix that. Well, out of the U.K., the uh, Telegraph has a story that they have uh, found a huge ritual monument hidden near Stonehenge. They say that a new line of stones has been found under Durrington Wall's Superhenge. This is a huge ritual monument which dates from the time of Stonehenge, and it's been discovered under the bank of a nearby Stone Age enclosure. Now, it's called Durrington Walls. It's a roundish superhenge, and it's long puzzled archaeologists because one side is straight while the rest of the structure is curved. Now, they have been suggesting that the shape had been mutilated by agriculture over hundreds of years, but now they have discovered through ground-penetrating radar that the straight edge is actually aligned over on top of a row of 90 massive standing stones, which at one time stood at least 15 foot high and have formed a C-shaped arena, which has not been seen for thousands and thousands of years. They say that this is likely to have marked, as if they know, but that's what they say, a ritual procession route and is thought to date from the same time as the Sarsen Circle at Stonehenge. And still I go back to what Lavendar said going on three years now. They're going to start uncovering all kinds of amazing things in archaeology, and that is exactly what's been happening. It's just nonstop. Well, in the San Francisco Bay Area, we've had a huge number of dying seabirds. They say that it's really quite alarming. They're washing up on Bay Area beaches, and bird rescue centers say they're being inundated with a particular species of dying birds called the Murray Seabird. Uh, they say that it is a great mystery. They have no idea what's causing it, and there it is. We don't know. Mm. Well, have you ever seen a fire NATO? No, I'm not. I'm not talking about some of those weird and awful sci-fi movies that you see on the Sci-Fi Channel. They have toad NATOs and fire NATOs and monster NATOs, and you know, all the take <laughs> off on NATO. the NATO. Yeah, shark NATO. Yeah, I should have gotten that one right off. Uh, no, this is uh, a story out of the Daily Mail. Interestingly enough, it's a story about something that happened in Kentucky. And I picked it up out of a paper from the U.K. A Jim Beam warehouse in Kentucky was struck by lightning, and that released 800,000 gallons of bourbon into a nearby lake. Then the lake was hit by a fire NATO, which set the inflammable liquid on fire. The fire NATO was caused by a bolt of lightning that hit the ground, setting a fire which was in the path of a tornado, which sucked up those flames, creating a terrifying spiraling inferno. There are pictures of that on the Internet and videos, and it is amazing. After the warehouse was damaged, the bourbon flowed into a nearby lake, which was then struck by lightning, and... The unfortunate thing is is that the uh, whiskey flowed into a nearby creek and it did cause uh, major fish kills, which that's very unfortunate. But they say that even though Jim Beam Company uh, was the victim of a lightning strike, they're going to have to pay $70,000 in damages for polluting that nearby creek. All right, well, an interesting volcano story out of the Smithsonian says that this Indonesian volcano erupts electric blue streams 
of molten sulfur. Again, I wish I had a slideshow for all of you. We should really do this with some video so you could see all these cool pictures that I've been talking about, all these stories. Uh, you really need to see the pictures. There is a volcano called, let's see if I can say this right. Think I can, Ariel? Kawaijin. Kawaijin. Ah, that's good. Anastasia, good. Well, anyway, that's a volcano on the Indonesian island of Java, and there is uh, there are electric blue rivers streaming out from underneath the volcano. It looks like bright blue lava, but it's actually molten sulfur, which gives off a neon-like night uh, light at night. It's fabulous looking. It's amazing. Now, somebody from the USGS said, "I've never seen this much sulfur flowing at a volcanic at a volcano." These uh, bright, uh, bright blue sulfuric flames, <laughs> could you help me say that? Bright blue sulfuric flames aren't exactly rare around, around volcanoes, although I've never seen a picture of this before, but this is according to the Smithsonian. They say that uh, sulfur has a relatively low melting point of 239 degrees Fahrenheit, and blue fires are often found near hot vents and during volcanic eruptions. However, they say this uh, Kawaijin is the largest blue flame area on Earth, with jets of fiery sulfuric acid burning at over 1,000 degrees and shooting 16 feet into the air. Quite a sight, so you can Google wow. that if you want to look at it. Yeah. Oh. <coughs> Excuse me. I beg your, <coughs> your pardon. Uh, well, in Russia, people are terrified because they're being besieged by angry bears. An entire town is under siege from at least three dozen ravenous bears, according to the Daily Mail of the U.K., uh, ravenous bears leaving many locals too terrified to open their doors and go outside. In a month-long blockade, the bears have attacked residents in this town of a population of 20,000, and there's reports of one man being killed by the bears. Inhabitants say that the Asian black bears, some of them have been shot as they stalk the streets and terrorize the people, and it's in a town that's very close to the Chinese border. One woman said that the bears are like being under siege from an army. You know, there's a lot of reports across the planet of wild, strange wild animal behavior and a lot of attacks by bears. Now, I don't know whether that's because our populations are just infringing on their territory or whether this particular story qualifies as truly strange animal behavior. But, be that as it may, it would be pretty strange to have all these bears roaming through your streets and having to stay in your in your house, which is what's going on. Probably a pretty isolated part of the world, and obviously they don't have animal control officers. Well, here's a wonderful story that was sent by you, Ariel, and I want to share this because this is just terrific. Uh, a CEO of Tesla Motors, Elon Musk, uh, has put out an official, official message unveiling the Powerwall, which is a battery designed to power your home. Well, this is so cool. Now, the message came at a convention center powered completely by the renewable battery power. Not really, for real. The story is dated September 1st, by the way. Now, they say the battery unit contains the same batteries present in the Tesla electric cars. The 7-kilowatt unit will ship for $3,000, while the 10-kilowatt unit will go for $3,500. 
They will store electricity from the grid or uh, from solar and wind generators right on site. And if the grid goes down, they will continue to power your home indefinitely. This feature makes them ideal for developing nations that are leapfrogging power grids, and Musk refers to it as changing the entire energy infrastructure of the world. Well, I would imagine so. If that really does take hold, that could just change the whole ball game. Amazing. Thank yeah. you, Ariel, for sharing that story. I was just talking with somebody yesterday about the necessity of improvements in the way we use energy and why more of that hasn't come to the fore. And we had a long discussion about that. But in any event, this is good news for all of us. And I don't think that's a terribly unreasonable price. No, it's not. No. There will be a lot of people that can't afford it, but, you know, it's like anything else. As as it's developed and mass-produced, the price will come down. Right, and but if you well, if you don't have to pay the power bill, you know, you don't, if oh you don't have goodness. to pay an electric bill, then, yeah, it'll pay for itself in a short time. Well, and it's uh, worth its weight in gold if, you, if, there, if the grid goes down for a while or even during an ice storm. When we had an ice storm here where I live, uh, what's that been now, six years back? Yeah, about six years back, and some people were out of power for six weeks, and they really suffered. So in that case, you know, and look at what happened with Katrina. We don't have any security about all of that. The powers that be don't always take care of us. So to have a backup power grid or your own independence would be, like I said, worth its weight in gold. Mm -hmm. Right time, right place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it for tonight's news. It's always a joy to bring it to you. Thank you so much. And and we're going to have a very interesting show. I looked at the website for our guest, and what she's doing is so cool. It gives a wonderful forum for all of our starseed to express themselves if they want to write books and produce uh, teaching aids and so on. It's just lovely. It's really nice. I'm looking forward to the show, and I do appreciate your bringing us the starseed news. So with that, um, we will move on. Thank you, Anastasia. And I'm going to uh, bring Lavendar on here first. Hello, Lavendar. I'm here. Okay, uh, just making sure, and I'm going to bring Karen on in just a second here. Hi, Karen. How are you doing this evening? Excellent. Thank you so much. Well, we're just thrilled to have you here, and uh, Lavendar is going to kick it off for us. Terrific. So, Karen, I'm so excited about you being on our show tonight, and and you you also do work with uh, Julie Lohr, who was on our show last week. But tell us a little bit about your professional background, and if you want to tell us any kind of stories that you've had about your spiritual experience, we'd love to hear that too. Well, I feel like that my entire professional journey has been a spiritual experience and of course that's true because everything that happens to us in our lifetime is you know in divine order but also you know preparing us for the next thing the next thing and so I um, often laugh that the best example of that in my own life is the path that I followed professionally I started out with my bachelor's and master's in piano performance and uh, I taught um, college level piano and uh, did a great deal of performing um, after uh, graduate school, but, um, you know, didn't uh, care for the academic life. I felt uh, constrained by that. And 
I wanted to do more. And uh, my dad um, said, well, what are all the classes that I tried to get you to take in college, but you wouldn't do it because you were taking all these music classes. And that made me laugh, but I decided to um, take some marketing courses and immediately realized that, you know, I did have a, a true talent for marketing, and I really, really liked it. I really liked the communication aspect of marketing and um, got a job as director of marketing for Upjohn Healthcare Services and uh, did that for four years. And I was living in Austin, Texas, and I was curious about many things. I was studying a variety of languages. Russian was my favorite. And I already had um, a double major in French when I was in college, but uh, for some reason, I decided that I really wanted to go to law school, so that was the next thing I did. I uh, left my marketing job, and I went to the University of Texas School of Law, which was a wonderful law school, and I'm one of those people that really loved law school and really did not love law practice, so I didn't um, stay in the practice of law very long. I was there just short of five years. And uh, when I, my husband and I had moved to Colorado, I immediately reentered marketing. But every time that I, in my professional life, that I returned to marketing, which is, you know, a constant theme for me, I bring with me all the things that I just learned in whatever I was just doing. And all of those things, marketing, market research, law, and music, have all supported me hugely to create Satyama. And in fact, I don't think Satyama would be Satyama if I didn't have that sort of unique patchwork <laughs> professional background. So, you know, I I, I tell uh, that story often um, to people who are uh, fearing a career change or they're wanting to do something different and they're nervous about it. Uh, don't be nervous. Everything that you are just doing, you take that with you into your next thing and you just build on it and you just, you know, continue to become a better you. So um, that those were all the experiences that really supported me to start a business like Satyama. Okay, that's that's very fascinating that you were into music and into law and into marketing. You're just a full faceted gal. So how did <laughs> how did you and your your sister decide to found Satyama? Well, we just uh, decided to start Satyama because we wanted to create a place on the Internet um, where there could be a variety of ideas or tools that um, would help people to find the, the thing they're looking for that would help them on their own journey, you know, whatever you want to call that journey, the journey to higher consciousness, the journey to awakening, the journey to your true self, whatever that is for you. Um, it's different for every single person on the planet. And uh, we um, had, you know, a rather extensive uh, spiritual education ourselves, you know, just from um, reading, gosh, you know, between the two of us, we probably have read 2,000 books and gone to all kinds of seminars and events and speakers and workshops and all kinds of things. And the main thing that I always you know, uh, came away from those things, understanding is that, you know, each person's experience is unique. So it would be great if there was a place out there that just offered a variety of ideas 
where you can basically go spiritual shopping. And that is why we initially created Satyama. And it now has five parts to it. But when we first started it, it was just meant to be a blog where we wanted to gather a lot of different ideas and approaches to um, spirituality. And we we do have, we did have, and we do have a two-prong test for putting anything on Satyama. And, and this is it. <laughs> Excuse me, that the... Um, first thing would be that it must be heart-based. Whatever we put on our website must come from the heart, must come from a place of love. And the other prong is that it must not be exclusionary. So if somebody brings us an article or an idea or a tool they want to put in our online store and they say, my way is the only way, um, my way is the best way, um, people should only do it my way, then we're probably not going to include that at Satyama. Good we don't for you. Yeah, we don't believe <laughs> this is one way. <laughs> so what does Satyama mean? Satyama is a word that we actually created <laughs> uh, sort of a little bit out of frustration because we had tried a lot of different uh, names for our website and, you know, we were looking for a URL that wasn't taken and that was quite difficult. You know, we just kept you know, day after day for weeks running these different things through uh, GoDaddy trying to find the URL that we liked that was available. And finally, a very good friend of mine said, you know, why don't you make your own word? And actually, from a legal standpoint, that's the best idea anyway because you don't run into copyright issues and there's no confusion between what you're doing and somebody else is doing and so she said, what is, your, what is your favorite word? And nobody ever asked me that. And I kind of sat there in silence and she said, okay, what is your favorite spiritual word? And I said, well, it would be the word sat, which is the beginning of almost every Sanskrit mantra. And, of course, sat has many, many, many meanings. But primarily it means the best. Um, it means the truth of who you are. Um, it means the beginning um, it means the ultimate. And so we began with thought. And then she said, well, what seems to go with that? And I said, well, you know, the truth of who you really are is, is the I am presence within each of us of something transcendent. And she said, well, write it down. So then I had Satyam, S-A-T-I-A-M. And because I had included the I am presence. So then she said, what do you think? And I said, it just kind of lacks flow and you know it's got two ah sounds which is the heart chakra sound and the first sound that we ever make when we're born is the ah sound and um it's the it's the sound that opens the heart chakra so we added the extra ah at the end and we had satyama so we have three times the heart chakra sound and we were very happy with that oh i love that i love that a lot and how did you decide to grow into publishing uh, totally by accident, <laughs> but of course there are no accidents. But uh, one of the funny things about Satyama, I have to say, is that you know the whole time we've been doing Satyama, you know, just from the beginning, it felt like that we were hanging on to the edge of a an airplane wing, and it was going really fast. <laughs> but you know, I always say that in terms of Satyama, you know, we're spirits driving the car, we're kind of sitting in the back seat, thinking, I wonder where we're going now. And uh, the opportunity to 
published something by Stephen Farmer uh, was given to us um, through a conversation I had had with him in which I had said, you know, if there's ever anything that you would like to publish that maybe the Hay House doesn't doesn't want to publish. And so he kind of, you know, leaves on that. And then he called me about two months later and he said, well, what what are you thinking? And up to that point, I wasn't thinking any anything. And, you know, I was standing in the kitchen washing the dishes and I was drying my hands and talking to him on the phone and the words literally fell out of my mouth, I think you should do something for children. And he said, well, that's exactly what I was thinking. And I presented that idea to Hay House and they didn't want to do it. And I said, we'll do it. And so we created Children's Spirit Animal Cards. And they are transcendent. Um, they're generally in the top 20 uh, what are called sideline products, what's not a book, not a CD, not a video. Um, that They're among the top 20 in the mind, body, spirit market all the time in the United States. So we're really delighted with them. Uh, it was uh, just such a gift to have that given to us. Um, and we just learned so much through bringing out the first edition. And on the heels of that, we began to publish other things. And the next thing I know, um, we're now standing on the third leg of what Satyama does. We have this enormous library of articles, more than 500, um, and growing all the time. We have, and many of them are by Julie Lohr, by the way. She is a constant um, source of wonderful, <laughs> wonderful uh, uh, um, articles about all kinds of things. And Would you give us an idea of some of the things that you've published? Some of the things that we've published include, of course, Children's Spirit Animal Cards, and following that, um, we published uh, Children's Spirit Animal Stories, Volume 1 and Volume 2, which are audiobooks of Stephen's stories about some of the individual spirit animals, and they are really, really wonderful. Um, and they include um, sound design and music on the CDs, so they're um, audiobooks. And again, you know, other publishers said, oh, don't do that, you know, nobody buys audiobooks, you know, and of course that's not been our experience. And then we published a um, series of Four Meditation Journeys by Eva Blacktail Swan, a Cherokee medicine elder who lives here in Colorado, and we were gifted some music by the magical Native American flute player Marina Ray um, for that CD. There's not another um, journey CD like it out there. The Four Meditation Journeys in the Cherokee Style are just, you know, it, it's they defy description pretty much. And then we brought out um, our first children's book, um, which is called How the Trees Got Their Voices by Susan Anderlein. And again, this followed, you know, a conversation I had with my sister where she said, you know, are we just going to do, you know, um, CD products and, and card decks and, and coloring books and things like that? And I said, oh, probably. You know, I can't imagine that we would... Um, publish a book. We're probably just not going to publish books. And then, you know, the very the very next week, I was presented with a property that we couldn't say no to. And now we have a bunch of other books in production. So um, whenever I say we're not going to do something, that means we're probably going to do it pretty soon. <laughs> so, 
That's, that's kind of the way it works, isn't it? Well, are you looking for more properties to add to your catalog? All the time. We are always looking for um, something that's new and different. Same as the online store. We have a very large online store on our website of close to a 1,000 um, products. And I'm very proud of this collection because we just don't offer very many things that you would find in your local metaphysical store because we don't want to compete with them. We want to enhance what they're doing. And we want to offer new things, new spiritual talent, new ideas, new kinds of products, uh, things that are just out of the ordinary. And that's what we're looking for in terms of publishing properties. You know, we're not looking for more of the same. We're looking for something that's new, something that has a new voice, something that um, fits the energy of our time. So um, do you also do the ebook version of a book? Do you uh, offer both? Yes. In fact, we're bringing out our first ebook here in about a month. And uh, then we'll be making uh, a big announcement that we actually have seven ebooks in the works. Oh, good. Now, what is the Satyama Virtual Meditation Hall? Give us a description of how that works. When you go to our website at satyama.com, um, you will find in our top menu, in our um, menu bar across the top, the Virtual Meditation Hall. And this <laughs> is something that people can use every single day. They can go to the virtual meditation hall and enjoy guided meditations that are there. I think right now we have about 30, and we're always adding new ones. And they are guided meditations or videos that um, people have recorded or given to us, especially for our meditation hall um, from all over the world. So we have things that are specially recorded just for us, for example, from Jonathan Goldman and from the astrologer Chrissy Blaze and the author Tim Freak. And we have um, two of our own um, video meditations that Satyama themselves uh, produced. We have things from Sarah Wiseman. Um, we have um, a lovely meditation from Diane Collins. Of course, we have something given to us from Stephen Farmer. Uh, from Sonny Don Johnson, from Michael Beckwith, from Ram Das. Ram Das made a video for us called The Ocean of Love. It's just transcendent. So we're always adding new meditations all the time. And uh, people can go to our meditation hall and pick out the meditation that maybe they need for that day. Each of them are very different. Some are breath meditations. Some are about forgiveness. Um, some are uh, journeying to your center. Uh, some are about connection. So, you know, whatever you need for that day is probably in there. And, again, we're always growing. So what is the university, the Satyama University? Give us a, a description of what that is. Satyama University is our collection of uh, classes uh, that we offer uh, that other people um, have written for Satyama, for example, Dudley Evanston wrote a class just for Satyama that is about um, using toning and um, other tools for chakra clearing. And there are, are quite a few um, courses that we have that are self-study. Some of them are webinar-based. Um, some are um, online downloads. We have a series of journal 
um, classes that we offer from Ike Allen and Andy Anderson. So we have a number of um, classes and learning opportunities that are in a variety of formats at Satyama University. But these are extremely affordable classes that you can do, you know, on your own time, but you will have access to the instructor so you're able to email or, you know, work directly with the instructor for any questions that you have. It's very unique. It's not a whole-day workshop. It's, it's not an expensive um, thing. You know, again, we want to offer tools that support each person's individual personal growth. So do you have um, any courses that teach astrology? We do not, and we would love to have one very much. I've been people are always that. asking me all the time, how can I study astrology? And, you know, I really haven't uh, taken the time to to find the courses that are online. So, well, um, I would just... I would love to talk to you about creating something for Satyama because we get requests for that. So that would be amazing. Uh, well, we can talk about that later, but that's something that, uh, that that comes across my desk almost every week, almost every week, especially since I started talking about a galactic astrology and talking about these star seed markings. And people say, well, how do I learn about that? And I say, well, I haven't written a, a manual yet. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm in the process of doing that. So uh, what is Satyama Writer's Resource, and how does that support your overall goals and your core mission? Well, again, you know, we um, have sort of, you know, our five prongs, and, you know, we have our um, huge library. We have our virtual meditation hall. We've got Satyama University. We've got a shop of close to a 1,000 different kinds of tools of all kinds in there to support your personal growth. But one of the things that I found myself doing uh, quite a bit was taking phone calls from authors who are trying to bring out their first book, whether it's a mind, body, spirit book or a deck of cards or something, that they, um, first of all, want to know if we're interested in uh, publishing it and you know, even if we're not interested in publishing it, I'm interested in trying to help them get their voice heard out there because part of their journey is the creation of this this book or whatever they're working on. And so we wanted to um, always be supporting that. And I would spend hours and hours and hours on the phone with writers um, talking to them about their book concepts, sometimes taking a look at it with an editing eye, helping them to <laughs> navigate through the rather tortured trail that constitutes self-publishing or helping them to understand how to find a literary agent or present their work to a different publisher and um, talking to them about, you know, whether print on demand is a good idea and where should they try to sell their book and how much should it cost and what are all the steps involved. And finally, um, Julie Lohr was a, a big part of creating this. We decided to create Satyama Writers Resource. And so we have formally created a set of services through Satyama to do all those things <laughs> that I just mentioned. And in addition to that, to help people market their books, which is, you know, again, returning to my marketing roots, but I really uh, love supporting these young writers because um, it's such an important part of their personal journey 
to bring forward their own tool for transcendence, to bring forward their own inspired words, and to watch, you know, their learning curve and how they <laughs> travel down their path. Um, it's enriching for us as much as it is for them. You know, I've been waiting for somebody to put together a deck of cards called the Starseed Cards. Oh, see? Yeah. <laughs> so if anybody's out there listening that, that wants to take on that project, um, go for it. Go for it. I haven't had time to do it myself, but I know it needs to be done. Absolutely. Well, that that actually um, sounds like a very interesting project. And, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's fascinating to me um, that people are, uh, in some respects, um, reading less and turning to card decks more. And um, I haven't had a chance to sit with that idea and try to think about why that is. But it doesn't really matter why it is. Uh, the only thing that matters is whether people are finding the tools and the um, support they need to travel down their own road. And that's the only thing that matters. Yeah. So what's coming up next for Satyama? What's the next thing that you're working on? Ooh. <laughs> I think the next thing uh, following, you know, really getting uh, Satyama Writers Resource um, launched is just a new set of products that we have um, in uh, process. And we have one that's very, very exciting, and you know, I hope that I'll be back on your show in a year talking about it. It's something that we're developing with both Sue Lyon and Julie Lore, but we're not quite ready to talk about what it is. But I guarantee you, it's very different. We'll knock everyone's socks off. So, oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> I hear that. So, um, tell me a little bit about you personally as a child growing up, and your spiritual development, and have you had any close encounters or uh, any kind of UFO contact at all? I'm not, I don't think that I've had any UFO contact. Um, I uh, grew up in Texas and central Missouri and was raised up in the Episcopal Church until I put my foot down to my parents' shock. <laughs> I was about 13. I said, oh, I'm not going back. <laughs> uh, they didn't, you know, to their credit, really to their credit, they didn't try to to push me on that. They, you know, I think they realized um, that I was on my own path. And when I was eight years old, I sat my parents down and tried to explain to them that, you know, all these different gods that people are worshiping are all the same entity. And I, that was when I was eight. And um, my father... My mother rolled her eyes, but my father said, you know, you could be right. And I still remember that, you know, that uh, he didn't shut me down at all. You know, he left the door open for that possibility, um, which was really huge. But I think that um, I was always very, very drawn to spirituality. And probably the biggest thing that happened to me that put me on my path in a really observant way was having uh, breast cancer and understanding through that experience. And that was 22 years ago, but it was the single thing that made me understand that what happens to me in this life experience is up to me and what I think about it and what I believe and the words I use and the emotions that I choose and 
you know, the vibration at which, you know, I live. And I really, really embrace that as part of that illness. Well, absolutely. A lot of people have different crises in their life that, that they get a hold of their spirituality because they have to. It's, it's you know, it's pushed upon them right away. I wanted to ask you about, you live at Pagosa Springs, right? No, I live in um, southern Colorado, south of Denver. In the oh, I, I thought you lived where Julie lives. Okay. No, no I live, um, gosh, we live six or seven hours apart, but we're both in Colorado, but I'm um, a little bit south of Denver. Okay. I lived at Cripple Creek for a while. Do you know where that is? Oh, definitely. Teller County, just the next county over. Well, I live in Palmer, Palmer Lake, Colorado. It's, you know, very um, small. I know where Palmer Lake is. Yes, I do. Yeah, very beautiful town. Very beautiful place to live. Yeah. Well, our, you know, our friend Belva Bloomer, she's uh, gone from us now, but she came to Cripple Creek and and decided to bring gambling to Colorado, and she was the she was the instigator of bringing gambling to Colorado. She made it happen with the governor and everything. And uh, Cripple Creek was was her was her baby, <laughs> and we sure do miss her. So um, let's see, where do we want to go from here, Karen? Uh, you have any personal stories that would would interest our our listeners, or or maybe talk about things that would help these soon to be publishers? We have a lot of people listening to our show that are writing books and just haven't finished them yet or they haven't found a place to land. Is there something you'd like to say to them? Well, you know, one of the most conventional wisdom things that are often handed out to writers is to write what you know. And while I think that is a good idea, there are some great books written about things that people didn't know, especially in the fiction area. And I would like to see more spiritual fiction being created out there as I think it's one of the best ways for people to be introduced to ideas and and they're offered up in a rather digestible form um, in the format of a story. But uh, I don't think that there are any bad book ideas. Um, I just uh, think that sometimes uh, writers uh, need a helping hand and Definitely, that's one of the things that we offer through Satyama Writers Resource. In fact, the person who um, mentors writers through our program is Julie Lore. And so writers work directly with her. Um, she works with them on their book concept in the first place and then reviews every 10,000 words that um, she that is provided to her, you know, for um, mentoring, for feedback, um, for uh, maybe some rewrites, but, uh, you know, her experience and her um, absolute uh, landscape of knowledge uh, makes her just the perfect person um, to do that. And uh, I think that any writer would enjoy working with her, especially if they feel stuck in the process. And I think everybody gets stuck from time to time. And I think that everybody's got a book in them, too. And a lot of people don't really believe that, and I encourage them, you know, just to get get started, just to start journaling, just to start journaling, you know. And then people say, well, I don't know what to write in my journal. Well, just write down, you know, what happened today and why it felt important to you. You know, that's that's a great place to start because we begin to become uh, better observers of our lives. 
And it's, you know, through the observation of our own life that sometimes our best creative material arises. So with your musical talent and with your law degree, I guess that's really all coming together now because you're probably having to do legal things with a lot of people. And then do you do you carry some music on your website? Oh, we carry so much music on our website. See? All all that yeah. training's paying off now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Everything that I've ever done, every job that I've ever had, every place that I've ever visited is contributing to this moment. And it's always really exciting to me to be in the middle of something and realize that I know this because of this. And um, connecting those dots makes you um, more aware that there is a universal plan, but also... Um, how much we're just a part of this, you know, ocean of energy in which we live and so that everything we do moves the energy in one direction or another and, um, you know, simply being cognizant of that, I think, can help people to tap talents they didn't even know they had. And don't you think technology has really advanced to the point where marketing has a whole different flair now than it did before the Internet? Well, it really did because we have much more sophisticated consumers of marketing information and um, in every format, whether it's on television, whether it's in print, you know, a billboard, it's online, wherever uh, marketing information is being presented, the consumers of that information at every age are becoming more adept at tuning it out. And so the um, absolute key is to present your information in a way that feels relevant, absolutely relevant to the people that you're intending to be your marketing audience. So do you have a lot of clients in, in other countries? Yes. Yes, we do. And do do metaphysical bookstores order from you? Metaphysical bookstores, yes. We have a very large um contingent of bookstores that order from us directly, but we also offer our products to five major distributors, and we're always adding new distributors all the time. So, um, you know, that again, uh, when people work through with us through Satyama Writers Resource, we teach them how to get into these distribution channels. You know, our only goal is to make sure that, you know, the writer um, brings their book, that they birth their book with our help. So we're sort of midwives in that way. And that, you know, that their experience is a good one and that we can point them in the direction of success. And, you know, we create a roadmap for them instead of having them try to figure it out for themselves or be rejected by publisher after publisher. And as publishers, you know, the big publishers are just... Um, they're uh, merging so that there's only a few publishers left standing. It's harder and harder, you know, if your uh, book synopsis is just one of hundreds and hundreds sitting on a an editor's desk, um, you know, to uh, cut through all that noise. It's very difficult. But one of the things that technology has provided is, you know, the world of um, self-publishing, and there's, you know, good and bad ways to do that. So um, I'd like to think that we have helped a number of people to not go down the wrong print-on-demand or the wrong self-publishing 
pass because, you know, there's definitely a way to do it and a way not to do it. So we uh, want to be there for them. So do you, do you have a staff of people that, that um, uh, starts reading scripts and books, or do you do it all yourself? When somebody wants to work with Satyama Writers Resource, then um, they have their first conversation with me as I um, try to figure out where they're at in their process and, um, you know, what kind of services they might need to sort of, you know, vet them as a uh, potential client and make sure that we really can help them. If people are really fixed in their ideas, you know, and definitely have to do it this way, it's got to be like this, you know, I don't want to do this, we might not be able to do a thing for them. Um, so, we, you know, I'm trying to figure out if, if there's someone um, that we can really assist in where they are in their process. And then I um, suggest ways that they can sort of enter the Satyama Writers Resource shoot, if you will, um, and, you know, exactly what they want to do with us. Maybe they just want to come to us for editing, and then when they're done with editing, and this does happen, when they're done with editing, then they say, well, I do want you to help us with the production. And then when they're done with the production, they say, well, I do want you to help us with the marketing. Or sometimes they've already printed their book and they just want our marketing help. So um, I am the first person that they talk to, and then I sort of triage them to the right team. Yeah, okay, great. Well, I have really enjoyed um, interviewing you tonight, but I'm going to pass you over now to Arielle, who has the switchboard. We may have some callers that want to ask you questions. I know we have a lot of starseeds that are writing books out there, so you know, this is the time to call in and, and ask your questions. So, Ariel, back to you. And, Karen, thank you so much for being on our show tonight. Thank you. Okay. Well, Karen, um, just before we open up the switchboard, um, I have some, some questions that I was thinking of as I was listening to you in Lavendar. And sure. before I ask those, though, I just want to let people know that if you are already um, dialed in on the phone to our switchboard and you would like to um, talk to Karen about anything where where she might be of service to you uh, or a question, you have to press 1 on your keypad so that we know that you want to come on the air. And if you are just listening on the computer, then you will need to dial 917-889-8292 and then once you're in, press 1 again so we know that you have something that you would like to say on the air or ask to Karen. Um, but I think about all the, all the people that, that I work with and I have people that Lavendar works with, and there are so many starseeds that have such inspired work in all different kinds of media. Um, artists, uh, I'm assuming that you have artwork in your, in your product catalog. Yes, we do. We have artwork, we have jewelry, we have flower essences, we have classes, we have music, we have books, we have um, a, a lot of those things in download format. We have card decks. Um, we have, uh, I think, nine or ten categories of products, and I'm not sure I can say them all off the top of my head. <laughs> well, I guess the the bottom line is that if it comes from the heart, and it's out of the ordinary, um, not something that you can, you know, get anywhere, then then that's a good candidate for um, a, a working relationship. So, yeah, we have, we have artists, 
even um, uh, Vanya, our uh, switchboard, one of our switchboard hosts, um, has a wonderful uh, business-making jewelry intended for star seeds, and it is absolutely um, inspired and energetically charged jewelry. Um, and uh, Vanya, I know that you're listening, so I was I was thinking of you, thinking, wow. Because uh, I looked on your on your site, Karen, and and you and I looked at the jewelry thing, and I thought, wow, this would be a perfect forum for Vanya and other people that may have either jewelry or artwork, um, meditation CDs, uh, even musical, you know, um, spiritual uplifting kind of music CDs. I mean, it sounds to me like if anything is in that category of inspiring and different, then you would be open to it? Absolutely, and it doesn't have to be, like, significantly different. But, you know, one of the things we don't want to do is to compete directly with the local metaphysical stores, the local mind-body-spirit businesses, you know, that um, they have a hard enough time competing with Amazon. And so, you know, and I, I want to... Uh, beg everyone that's listening today, you know, to please support your local bookstores and stores that, you know, uh, really have a tough time in the face of Amazon. And, you know, we love Amazon and we appreciate um, who they are and what they do, but um, we don't have any desire to add to that noise out there either. And so we want to offer things that are not necessarily going to be down in your local mind, body, spirit store. And um, that's one of our criteria in deciding if we're going to carry something. And another um, a common denominator that I um, have witnessed or seen or, or heard from people is that they have something and they have, you know, very often a, a spiritually based kind of person has no clue about marketing. Right. So, I mean, apart from having your personal um, expertise, would you ever think about having a marketing course, or do you already? You know, um, that may be one of the things that is coming up for Satyama is that we will offer uh, Mind, Body, Spirit Marketing Academy um, for people, but they do hire Satyama um, to help them market their own uh, products and you know uh, a couple times a week somebody talks to me about you know how can I you know get my you know ex mind body spirit products out there more I don't really know how to create a marketing plan and I need to be able to market on a shoestring is that possible and the answer is yes um, so you know often we uh, take them on as marketing clients well, this is just filling such a need, and and I'm just thrilled that um, I guess like Lavender said, we had Julie on the air with us last uh, last week, and uh, I'm just thrilled that 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 there is a resource to bring people together, and because like you said, everybody has to go with what feels true for them, and and you offer so much that. There's bound to be some kind of a connection between the individual and what they find on your site. And, you know, one person may gravitate to one area, 
while another person really thinks that they've struck gold over here. Uh, and it's just a wonderful thing that you're doing because the, um, the spiritual mind, body, um, spirit business that is heart-based, I really think it's the wave of the future. And I think it's the wave of the future, too. I really do. Um, yeah, I mean, the the the, the profit-driven, um, you know, dog-eat-dog, cutthroat um, advertising and marketing, I mean, that that's really going to fall by the wayside because people are, they're waking up and and they can smell that when when they are involved in any kind of business dealings, whether it's as a, a customer or as a um, service provider. Um, people in, in our growing um, starseed and metaphysical community. Well, one of my most favorite things that can ever happen um, is when somebody calls and says, I was looking for something about this on your site and I couldn't find it, and I'm thrilled by that. <laughs> Because then I can go out and find it and add it, you know. So that's um, if people are not finding something specific that they're looking for on, on our site, I hope they'll send us an email or give us a call and let us know because, you know, our goal is to grow and to continue to expand and expand our offerings. So um, that's an extremely exciting thing whenever somebody says, I couldn't find this. Well, yeah, and I'm sure the, the the more you grow, the the fewer and farther between those phone calls are going to be when people can't find something, and it's really helping you to um, fill in any of the any of the cracks in the corners there. But you really do cover well, a great deal. If if we don't have it on our site, you know, fortunately, um, I have a pretty good grip on where something is out there so I can usually say, well, we don't have that, but look over here. Or I'll stay on the phone with them and search the Internet until we find something. So um, I never want uh, someone to call us and and hang up and feel like oh, that was worthless. Well, I think it's really impressive that 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 you as the you know, founder, co-founder and owner um, that people get your personal attention. You know, you just don't you don't find that in in the mainstream where you can actually talk to um, you know <laughs> the upper management owner um, and and have them work alongside you. That's just wonderful accessibility. I think it's you know. Part of the reason we started Satyama was, you know, really to um, be a resource and, you know, that I hope uh, that we never get so busy that I can't uh, at least return somebody's phone call, even if I'm not able to get to them right there at that time, that I can, you know, get with them on the phone pretty soon and try to help them find what they're looking for. And I'm I'm assuming that the methods for contacting um you or any department is on your website in a fairly visible place? It's right on our website, right at the top of the home page in a red ribbon, our uh, customer service address and our um, telephone number. And um, so, you know, we're we're easy to get a hold of and we're here to help and we definitely want to do so. And would a person need to, like if a person were looking for an outlet 
for their um, product, service, class, book, whatever, um, they would need to call you first and and get your permission to send something to for review. Um, we have a submission policy on our website. You know, people are welcome to go ahead and send their stuff. They don't need to get permission to um, to do that. Um, so they can just, you know, go ahead and send in a sample or, you know, a couple chapters of a book or, you know, whatever they've got. You know, I encourage them to do that. So they just download the submission form and send it in um, pretty much unsolicited by you, and you are, are welcoming those kind of um, submissions? We do. In fact, when we uh, first started to accept um, intellectual property like that, you know, um, I was warned by another friend of mine from law school, definitely don't do that because, you know, you could be liable for this or that. And I said, oh, that's exactly why we're going to do it because I don't want people to feel like they have to have an agent or a literary agent in order to talk to us. That's just a barrier that shouldn't be created. Yeah, well, I think that's part of the old paradigm as well. Yeah, I think it is too. Well, and <laughs> you I know, the wolves are going to eat your lunch. I don't want to create policies that are based on fear. That's you know, sort of contrary <laughs> right. to what we're trying to do. So. Right. Well, I, I'm I'm of the the belief that the the connections will happen um, in in a beautiful or not, uh, let's say divine kind of way. And and I imagine that that when people are moved to do that, that they would be um, the type type of person that you're looking for. And if people are like, oh, I don't know, I send this stuff in there, and they could, you know, plagiarize, and before you know it, and you know, if they have that kind of the feeling, then um, they need to go somewhere else anyway. But the people well, that are more open, and right. from, yeah, when you come from the heart, you don't have to be that guarded um i know you don't and um you know one of the things that i didn't like about practicing law is that there are a lot of laws are created to keep people from each other and um so we kind of wanted to do the opposite of that absolutely i mean the whole thing is is to connect people with what they need whether it's from the the receiving or the offering end even to connect them with what they personally need, whether it's, you know, help with their manuscript or they're looking for a particular kind of guided meditation or um, we love to, you know, hear from people just about their experience of our website. You know, we had a woman who um, contacted us and said that she had been considering taking her life and then she watched our love um, video. We have a... Um, a love meditation video that's about four minutes long and uh, someone had sent her the link to it and she watched it over and over and over again and um, she said, you know, it changed everything for me. So, of course, that was very meaningful for her to reach out and, and tell us that because, you know, it helps us to know well, we're on the right track here, you know. So we well, need that, feedback too. <laughs> right, well, if you, I mean, changing one life... Um, in itself would make it all worth it. Yes. Yes. 
Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask our listeners uh, one more time if you have a question or if you have something that you might um, think that you could um, market through Satyama, uh, or if you need help with something. Um, now's your chance to call in and talk to Karen, and um, the number is nine one seven eight eight nine eight two nine two, and then press one. And if you're already on the switchboard, just press one. And, and of course, if you're listening to this show, as we do have a lot of people that listen um, throughout the week and download from the archives, um, then you can go straight to the website and find the contact information uh, for Karen on there. So um, is there anything else that you want to talk about maybe is in, in um, or uh, let me ask you when you're – when you started doing this, did you have a lot of support from from friends and family, or did they look at you like you're kind of strange? They're still looking at us like we're kind of strange. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think part of my journey in doing Satyama uh, was, you know, to care less and less and less and less about that, you know, that I really can't keep silent about you know, who I am or what I believe or, you know, what are my goals. And, um, you know, uh, in the geographic area where I live, you know, we are very close in proximity to focus on the family. So, you know, I have many uh, friends and neighbors that simply think that I'm weird and eccentric. And, you know, honestly, at this point, I just celebrate that, you know, because I know that I'm uh, more and more becoming the truth of who I am. And so that's been part of the Satyama journey for me personally. We had a guest on, on the show a few weeks ago, and and she said, what other people think of me is none of my business. <laughs> and that's exactly right. That's exactly it is. Right. It is. I, I, that's that's kind of a um, been a, a recurring theme here of late because we all have to be who we are, and, and yes, if other people, do. if other people would would pass judgment, that goes on their permanent record, not yours, and you don't have to worry yes. about it. You know, you just well, you know, that's why we don't uh, allow ideas that are exclusionary on our website, because essentially that is judgment, and um, it would be wrong for us to engage in that. Um, for us, it would be wrong for us, you know, personally. Um, but I think it creates division where there need not be any. And um, my sister calls it the um, the look that we sometimes get, the poor, demented Karen look or the poor, demented Susan look. <laughs> you know, I feel like if I don't get that look once today, well, I'm probably not speaking my truth. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, I'm sure everybody in our audience can relate to that. You know, yeah, poor, demented, fill in the blank. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there's, I mean, there's such a shift happening on the planet with people waking up and choosing a higher path and coming from the heart and abandoning judgment and living in in greater light and it's there's kind of a schism and it's getting wider all the time and i would like to believe and i do believe that your business model is 
very um, futuristic, ahead of its time, and one of the first of its kind. And I would like to see other people, whatever businesses they decide to create, would would follow that um, those those I don't know if you call it policies that you have. Um, I think it's very forward thinking, and it will be it will be the norm in the future. Absolutely. But, yeah, but for right now, um, speaking for all star seeds everywhere. Um, what people consider normal just scares the dickens out of me. I would yeah. it's like, oh, why be normal? That would be terrible. We have to be different. Um, as they say, you can't lead the pack from inside the circle. You have to be on the outer edge. Well, I would, um, if we, if nobody has any questions for me, then I would invite uh, people simply to go to our website and maybe, you know, uh, enjoy our library or our uh, meditation hall, you know, just as a starting place and um, that hopefully they will find a gift there which is just for them. I'm sure they will, and we certainly encourage everyone to go to satiama.com. That is spelled S-A-T-I-A-M-A dot com. And just have a ball. Take a look. See all the different things they've got. And if you do think that you have a product that is in alignment with what they're doing, then you know, call Karen up and make sure you tell Karen that you heard her on our show so that the circle will be complete. So it's just been a pleasure having you with us and, and seeing this, this uh, type of endeavor, which hopefully is going to be much more the wave of the future coming from the heart. And it's just been a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much. I've uh, really enjoyed it and I appreciate everyone's time and the opportunity to um, talk about the dream we're trying to fulfill and um, I hope it brings a few people out there what they need. I'm sure it will. <clears throat> I think you might have a, a, a lot of a lot of contacts, emails and phone calls in the next few weeks um, because we have thousands of people that listen to this show. And well, we to all welcome that. I'm sorry, say that again? I just was saying we certainly welcome that. Well, that's wonderful. So I want to thank you, Karen, for sharing your time and your um, beautiful Satyama with us. And I encourage everyone to uh, check it out and take advantage of what's there. And if you have a product, um, contact Karen, and maybe the things can come more to the um, the open public, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you again. You are so welcome. And from all of us here at Starseed Radio Academy, we thank you for tuning in, and we will be back next week. So take care, everyone. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 